Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. President Joe Biden is revamping his climate team with a new cast of senior officials, and some of the biggest moves start at the top. Ali Zaidi is taking over as Biden's top climate advisor after Gina McCarthy announced that she is leaving her post at the end of next week. And John Podesta, a former climate advisor in the Obama White House, will be joining the administration as the senior advisor for clean energy innovation and implementation. Zaidi and Podesta are joining Biden's climate team at a pretty pivotal moment for the president. He wants the Inflation Reduction Act implemented ASAP, and the White House is also expected to unveil major climate regulatory actions in the near future. So today we check in with Politico Zach Coleman about what Biden's new climate team looks like and why the White House's climate strategy is at an inflection point. It's Thursday, September 8th. So, Zach, we know that Gina McCarthy is leaving her position as Biden's top climate advisor at the end of next week. So why is she leaving now and what sort of legacy will she leave? Well, she's accomplished quite a bit. She's leaving essentially because the Biden administration's goals for its first two years are pretty much accomplished. I mean, this is their strategy. Their strategy was to come out with a legislative play, pass climate law because the president had seen how undurable the prior Obama administration's regulations were when President Trump came in and undid them. So Biden came in with this plan of let's pass laws. And that is Gina McCarthy's MO as well. She was the EPA administrator under Obama who had created the clean power plan that never went into action and was the subject of a Supreme Court case that has then handcuffed EPA's ability to write power plant pollution rules. So she said, let's pass legislation. And she did that. So she leaves after months of speculation that she had wanted to leave. She really was handpicked by Biden to come back and run this new climate policy office. And she, for all intents and purposes, had been enjoying life away from D.C., but she felt a calling from the president. And she came back and helped pass one of the the biggest climate investment in U.S. history. Right. So taking over for Gina McCarthy is Ali Zaidi, who is McCarthy's current second in command. So not a huge surprise that he's taking over. But what's his background and what stands out about him to people who know him, who you spoke with? Ali had been in the Obama administration White House Office of Management and Budget. He really also cut his teeth in the state of New York, where he was working on a lot of climate and energy policy. He also had been on the Biden campaign, doing a lot of the strategizing for climate and energy there. He's known as a policy wonk. He's hard driving. He's coming in with a big portfolio, taking over for Gina McCarthy. There's a ton of stuff left on the docket. I mean, basically, the president's play for legislation meant that a lot of the more ambitious climate regulations were kind of held off to not upset the congressional dynamics there with Senator Manchin probably not too keen on regulations. So you have this whole schedule of regulations and executive actions that need to be finalized and issued. And there's a big gap between 
the emissions reductions that the Inflation Reduction Act says it will achieve, which is a 40% reduction below 2005 levels by 2030, and the president's goal, which is 50% below that level by 2030. So a lot of that's going to come through executive action, and a lot of that is going to fall at Ali's feet. Gotcha. And we know that Zaidi isn't the only person to talk about here. Interestingly, John Podesta, who is a very familiar name to climate and energy watchers. He was a former Obama climate advisor. He's taking on a new position that was recently created. So what do you expect Podesta's role to be? And why is Biden turning to him at this moment? Well, part of the thing is we don't we don't know exactly how these two people are going to be dividing the labor here. We can assume from the title that John Podesta is going to be in charge of getting all the tax credits and demonstration projects out the door that the Inflation Reduction Act ended up putting into the works. So you have a bunch of grants for electric vehicles and battery making and manufacturing. So John Podesta is the guy who's going to make sure that you get the most bang for your climate buck. And this is important because it took 30 years to pass meaningful climate legislation of this magnitude. And we're way behind on cutting emissions when it comes to avoiding the worst effects of climate change. So every dollar here counts. You need to make sure that that money is spent wisely to achieve the 40% reduction that has been forecast for this law. If it's squandered, then you're not going to get that 40% and you're going to be further apart from your climate goals, which will definitely have an effect on the planet. So this is an important role. And keep in mind that John Podesta He's much bigger than just climate and energy politics. I mean, this guy is is part of the Democratic Party infrastructure. I mean, he is a big name, and he's going to play an outsized role in policy going forward for this administration. Right. And as you mentioned a little bit earlier, Zadie and Podesta are coming on at a time when the Biden administration is looking to pivot its climate change strategy away from Congress. We're in the implementation phase, working on regulations. So why is this a pivotal time for the administration? Well, this is a pivotal time for the administration because really there's two years left of it. And if you think about where the midterms might be heading, I mean, certainly things look a little bit better for Democrats than they did just a few weeks ago. But you're not going to see legislation getting through Congress as easily based on the current projections with the Republicans looking likely to grab the House. So you're going to have to do a lot of this stuff through executive action. And it's going to require a little creativity it's really not certain whether executive action alone can get you that 10 percentage point gap between the president's goals and what the Inflation Reduction Act has promised in emissions reductions. So you also have to think about how do you build up partnerships with the state and local levels. And certainly Ali will have some role there, as will John Podesta. Also, On Wednesday, the Energy Department laid out a strategy to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions from industrial sectors that are difficult to decarbonize. The plan targets five energy-intensive sectors, iron and steel, chemicals, food and beverage, petroleum refining, and cement. Those areas account for more than half of the industrial sector's energy-related CO2 emissions. According to DOE's report, making those sectors more energy efficient is the most cost-effective option in the short term to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. For context, the plan from DOE builds off the $62 billion in clean energy investments from last year's bipartisan infrastructure law, and it comes on the heels of the Inflation Reduction Act, which was passed last month. 
That legislation includes new advanced manufacturing tax credits and domestic content requirements aimed at reshoring a clean energy supply chain to the U.S. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.